Hello, my friends. Welcome back to Predetermined. I'm your host, Garrett Callender. I'm your other host, Derek Halpin, and we are starting off this show the right way. Yes. What flavor you got? Beverages. Oh, what do you got? I've got a uh, I've got a shock top over here. It's, nothing wrong uh, with that. Can... There's nothing wrong with it, but <laughs> I bought. <laughs> there's not. There's some things that aren't right with it. I'll say that. I bought. Um, I think it was a 15 pack of these bad boys for 9.99 around Fourth of July, and I've been working on them for a while now, as it is now uh, early September. And we have been gone for a little bit, my friend. We have been, yes. We've been gone for how, I don't even remember the last time. We did that intro for a bonus zone, but when was the last time we just recorded an episode? It's been months, to say the least. It's been maybe since May. Well, how does that make you feel? Did you miss me? I mean, I've still been in contact with you, so I haven't missed you. I, I've missed this. I mean, I miss you, but not like that. Fuck you. Not like I, <laughs> not like I haven't been in touch with you since May. I have. But uh, yeah, we. It's been a while since we've done a a full length, fresh episode to discuss pro wrestling. Um, I'm sure you guys know by now. We've been collaborating a bit with the uh, Curtain Jerks and the. Uh, best there ever was podcast um to put out some uh some i don't know what you'd call them quarantine the quarantine episodes yeah we were the quarantine yeah are we are we still the quarantine or was that is that period <laughs> over do we know <laughs> did we already disband like eddie kingston's faction <laughs> <laughs> i can't wait to talk about that i had to text you about that because i there's certain rules in pro wrestling that I think you got to follow, and I think one of them is you got to get your faction established before you start doing a breakup. <laughs> See, and I think you're wrong. You think that they're breaking new ground? I think if you start a faction with some guys that really just don't care for each other, that's a better story. <laughs> that, like they're trying to put it together. We're so used to just seeing it like like they formed. They formed. They're bad. They're together. Now it's like, no, they're bad. They kind of don't like each other. So, uh, yeah. But uh, we, uh, I would like to think that we didn't have those kinds of issues. I would like to think that, you know, getting back together was like for this was a little, you know, natural and easy. You know, we're rave no feeding here. We're, we're, yeah. No tension? Not even a little? We get, not between us. Not even a little sexual tension? You did send me a kiss emoji earlier through text. That's true. It's because I missed you. Well, I missed you too, and now we're here together face-to-face. By the way, I don't know if anyone at home will appreciate this because this is an audio podcast. <laughs> this is our first time um, officially This is our first time officially uh, recording together uh, face-to-face via Zoom. So cheers to hoping this works out with no internet issues. They probably think that's kind of weird, right? Is it that we haven't been doing it to this point? Because we could have been the whole time. We could have. We just chose to look at a wall and listen to each other. Maybe it made us better. Like, you said you used to stare at a KO pop when you were recording. I think I can see him from where I'm at right now. And I'm staring at Spider-Man. 
kind of like you said, uh, Miro had to really go through all the ringer at WWE before he could build up whatever it is he's doing now. Indeed. We've got so much to talk about, man. We we, we got a big pay-per-view that's been kind of important to us the last couple of years. Um, and, I, and I say that understanding that All In is not technically All Out, but All In was clearly the inspiration for All Out. And we just came out from uh, AEW's second ever All Out pay-per-view. And uh, that was probably going to be here in Chicago, right? I assume so. Where else and would it theoretically, go? Theoretically, if there was no fucking pandemic, we would have been uh, enjoying another Labor Day weekend uh, celebration with wrestling. I'm trying to pull up the card to this show right now, because this this was a really fun one. I thought um, it was a good show overall. I saw that there was like a lot of people uh, on uh, the social media who were saying it was uh, a, one of the weaker AEW pay-per-views. Um, I thought the show was like the first half of it was okay. And then I thought the, the back end of the show was just fantastic. A um, lot so happened in your thoughts. Yeah. A lot happened in that first half. Yeah. Did you feel like there was some filler or <laughs> if like, you can, <laughs> if you count Matt Hardy's head bouncing off the ground as filler, then there was a oh, ton of Jesus. It. Yeah. There was, there was some filler all over the pavement. I think <laughs> I honestly thought he was going to come on dynamite tonight and retire. He had a vibe. Like- it seemed that way. I I know I had a really weird reaction and, and I don't know. This is kind of the thing you don't want to go on a podcast and say, because it seems like it might get you in some trouble, but I know I had kind of a visceral reaction to uh, his wife. Uh, what's her name? Reba. Yeah. Rebby. Well, I don't fuck. I don't know. Whatever. But uh, she was she was going after AEW the night of that show for letting that go on, and I and I wanted to, I kind of wanted to be like, aren't we supposed to like wait until after the show's over and we know all the details before we start going into what happened? Like, if Matt said he was good to go, then they were like, nah, you're, I don't think you're good to go. Like, dude wasn't good I, to I, go. He, if well, yeah, but nobody knows that. I can tell I am not a professional and I can tell you ba- just based off of watching him stumble around he was not good to go. Well, how do you know he wasn't just selling, Garrett? <laughs> I don't, I guess. But that thud was sickening. Yeah, that spot was um so early in the match too where and it, and it was another one of the situations where they kind of wrote themselves into a corner where like it's like if Matt Hardy doesn't win this match he's leaving and then <laughs> that happens and it's like well we didn't really want Matt Hardy to leave so this is a problem now but that being said if he can survive that and Sammy can't survive the fall he took <laughs> pussy <Ugh. laughs> <laughs> that's a receipt for the uh comments that Sammy made years back that got him suspended from AEW. Oh. Oh. Yes. That's that's serious social commentary for our, our uh, comeback episode here. Um, what else was I going to point out? But, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I thought the top half of the all-out card here was, I mean, there was some good stuff in here. I know I liked the uh, Thunder Rosa-Sheeta match. That was I really good. It, it, it I felt it was, so bad that they had to follow that. Yeah. Yeah. They did an amazing job of following it though. Yes. 
Um, what are some of the other things? Do you, you said you had the card pulled up. I want to know. Uh, do you want it's me to start with the the buy in, or do we, sure, we skip? Start. I mean, I watched the whole thing. I I I had thought about buying it, and then you text me saying that you had access so that we could both watch it simultaneously. So I ended up watching it on my laptop in the living room and uh, ended up enjoying it. Um, but what uh, the buy in match was was that private party? Uh, actually, before that, Janella opened the show. Okay. Janella and uh, Serpentico. It was kind of a regular match. Yes. Janella went over. Yeah. You and I were texting back and forth during this show. Um, I kind of got to, because we haven't really talked a ton of wrestling in the last month or so. I haven't watched a ton of wrestling in the last month or so. No, um, honestly, other than the GCW shows, that's really all I've been watching. Yeah, I think the other thing that's been fucking with me is I'm a pretty, I try to be a pretty regular AEW uh, viewer, but the NBA playoffs have kind of messed with the the time slot, so it's moved around a couple times since NBA playoffs started, and so I've missed it, Um, and then I've been like, ah, whatever, I'll catch it next week, and then it was a different time, and yeah, so I've just been in the last couple weeks been getting caught up, but um, uh, so buy-in was whatever right it was fine it was fine then we had private party versus dark order which was also fine yeah it was good i think a a lot of people are starting to give uh alex reynolds and john silver praise as a tag team is that but is that really gonna go anywhere you never know it now that they're kicking colt cabana out of that (laughs) that troop but according to you, this is just the beginning of Dark Order. Then <laughs> they're just getting started. Who knows? Well, already, and you know, if that doesn't work out, they'll just head over to Eddie Kingston's and see what he's got going on. Yeah, there's a. Uh, they are Eddie Kingston's group is is a parfait of talent. It's a parfait of indie talent. A delicious parfait, though. It's it's delicious. I'm eating that parfait up. I know you said you had a little bit of a problem with that parfait for a minute. What did I say? I have a problem. I said I have a problem with the I I I texted something to you the other day and then as soon as I texted it, I realized, man, I'm going to have to clarify what I mean by that later on and that's a good thing that we have a pro wrestling podcast where I can do that. Um I texted to you, there's a part of me that kind of hates the AEW roster. And I don't know if you understood where I was coming from with that. Seemed like you were being negative and and shitty. It's. (laughs) (laughs) This isn't Twitter, but close. It's a podcast. Um, I don't mean that I I, straight up hate the the AEW roster because I think it sucks. I just think that it's one of. Part of the reason I've had such frustrated feelings towards WWE amongst many reasons is that it just feels like there's a clog of fucking talent and it just seems like AEW just keeps bringing people in and it's only been around for about a year and I it just feels like they keep hiring people and I every time they hire somebody I think man don't they have a guy that's just like that that they hired three or four months ago and now that person's gonna get lost in the shuffle like what like Brian Cage was a big deal two months ago and now we're back to pushing Lance Archer, and now we are bringing in another person that's a big guy. And um, 
I don't know. I just it, I just worry that they're hiring people for the sake of hiring people instead of really having a nice long-term plan for everybody. And the last thing you want to do as a new entity and as a new promotion like they are is start frustrating the talent that you bring in and start establishing that you have this reputation of hiring people and then doing nothing with them, which is one of the big complaints about the other place. That's fair. I don't know. Maybe it's unfounded. Maybe they, they, I just, I don't know. Who's being underused right now though. I don't know. It's like, but like what's, what's the name of the fucking tag team that wears the neon green that I just saw tonight? One half of Russell Orange Cassidy. Is that H2 or whatever it is? Um, well, it's Angelico and Jack Evans. I don't remember what they're actually called, though. Yeah. That was I, the first time I had seen them in months. Well, maybe if you watched AEW Dark on it. Well, I shouldn't have to watch the fucking internet show <laughs> to keep up on their talent of 5,000 people. But, um... I don't know. Like, I just feel like, like for a while there, it was like they were hiring people just to do one-offs with Moxley and Cody. It's like they would hire a guy, it'd be a big fucking deal. They'd go get a title match, and then they would lose, and then they, you know, pitch them and move on to the next guy. That's why they had to get the belt off of Cody fast. The roster was getting too goddamn <laughs> cluttered. There wasn't any room in the locker room anymore. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I just, if you were to get like. There's guys, and I guess they have gone through what a number of injuries. Is Cody legit hurt right now? That oh, speaking of Cody, speaking of fucking Cody after tonight's dynamite. Oh, that fucking promo! I hated that. Yeah, me too. They really worked me hard with that shit. You thought it was going to be a huge roast, uh, pro wrestling announcement? I really thought yeah. it was. Yeah, I was like, who are they going to bring in now to fight Cody? Nope. Nope. He's got a show with Burt Kreischer on TBS. And Snoop Dogg. And Rosario Dawson. Yeah. No, I like... They flashed it during the ladies' match, and then I was like, oh, shit, they didn't mean to flash it. What is this? What's this going to be? And uh, it was not not huge breaking news. But I do kind of want to see that man lasso that horse. So let's let's back up a little bit. We got off track. What's what was uh, the first match officially on the all out card? Okay, this one it wasn't bad, but I maybe wouldn't have put it first. It was the oh my big, god, yes, big swole Britt Baker. Yeah, um, I I completely agree with you. That was the first thing I thought. I was like, I'm fine with this for what it is. I just think it's a weird opener for the show. To me, it would have made more sense to open with the Young Bucks than in Luchasaurus. Because that match was fucking fun as hell. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know if a cinematic wrestling bit works as an opener. And I'm sure somebody this is where somebody's going to be like, oh, well, WWE did this like five months ago and, it, and nobody said anything. Well, maybe, but I can't think of it right now, so that didn't happen. <laughs> You're like, um, well, maybe, but I haven't had the WWE network in a little bit, so uh, I couldn't oh, tell you. Oh, it's been there. I really haven't utilized it much lately. Um, Honestly, it might be the one wrestling streaming service I don't have right now. Really? I just, I let it go. It wasn't ever getting used. You're saving your nine ninety nine. I could use that for something else. Movie theaters are back open. Movie theaters back open. There's chicken sandwiches from Popeye's. There's 
White Claw. Yeah, all of that is a pretty good use of nine ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I thought I thought actually I did think that the Britt Baker uh, Big Swole uh, cinematic wrestling. I, I thought it was fun. I just. <sighs> this goes back to the whole thing about live wrestling and, and crowds and stuff. There's there's that there's that fun feeling at a pay per view when it's the first match. It doesn't it doesn't have to be WrestleMania, but the crowd's amped for that first match at a pay per view. And then when it's like, and we cut to a dentist office where <laughs> these two women are about to have a fight, but apparently one of them wasn't fully prepared for it, even though the camera crew was there. Um, but I was not expecting Britt Baker to take a syringe into her body in this no. match. No, that was a that's a GCW spot. <laughs> that was a that was a straight up GCW spot, and it made me shriek a little bit. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, I am terrified of needles. Wrestling should give you the same feeling of watching Saw Two. <laughs> Specifically, Specific- none of the other ones. Well, that's the one where she falls into the pit of hypodermic needles. She doesn't fall; she's thrown. And I screamed in my theater seat when I saw this. Um, yeah, I, and the funny thing is that this we're gonna have to have this debate uh, maybe a couple times while we're recording this. But like going back, they are finally getting around to some goddamn good character development with the elite. Like this is what I've been waiting for for a year, instead of this white meat plain fucking bread baby face bullshit there is some character development and there are some storylines playing out and i enjoyed this uh jurassic express young bucks match oh that was great so you're getting to see uh the the bucks that you you knew and hated in PWG, they're they're coming back. It seems. Oh, I I have missed booing the Young Bucks so much. It you see, this is bringing me back to where it's like maybe a time before coronavirus. You know, it's bringing me back to feelings that I didn't know I could have again, and I'm loving it. For for those who don't know the story, a few years ago, Garrett and I went to an ROH show here in Chicago, and Garrett showed up fully prepared to boo the Young Bucks as he had done for a while. And then found out that when the Young Bucks come to Chicago, they're actually the baby faces here. It was pretty disappointing, to be honest. It made me look like a huge hypocrite. Oh, but then you turn, you had no problem turning around and cheering them. No. So, but, the, but we've been riding that wave for a few years now. I, yeah, I'm ready to boo those guys. Well, but I also think that this is something we've talked about in the past, which is that when they started AEW, we were kind of sitting around waiting for them to really make uh, Kenny and the Bucks and and Cody and Hangman like stars of the show. And they've really spent the last year um, in, in different ways, but they've kind of held all of them back to a certain extent from what we know that they're capable of. So to basically do that for a year and then use that as like a – on-screen character frustration for them that they feel like they're not living up to what they're supposed to be like the young bucks are now you know what a year a year into this company and have not held the tag titles that's true like like that's a that's a nice juicy bit of story for them to work with um even tonight we're recording this on on a wednesday kenny doing that one-on-one interview with jim ross where 
he basically in like he ended the Hangman uh, Kenny Omega tag team. <laughs> I like though that during single star. I like during Hangman's thing though. He's like, no, we'll we'll get him back. That's that was earlier in the night, and then fucking Kenny came in and squashed it, and was like, no, that's not happening. So what? Okay, so if the elite is disbanded, what happened with Cody? He had no say in any of this. It's gonna be so interesting when they come. But that's the other thing is that when they were having like the the stadium stampede match, Cody wasn't a part of that. That's true. It was Matt Hardy. <laughs> it's like the Nightmare Family broke off and became their own thing to focus on, and the Elite plus Matt Hardy. Can you picture a world where you take QT Marshall over Kenny Omega? Nope. I can. I've seen that world. <laughs> <laughs> we're living. I it. turn away. <laughs> When he comes on my screen, I told you earlier tonight, I, I, speaking of messages that we've exchanged, I I am not comfortable with how often Brandy Rhodes is managing her, her brother-in-law. Like, it just feels weird. Like, stop it. You're, you're a married woman. Like, you, like go take care of your, your injured husband. He's fine. He's doing a Burt Kreischer TV show. <laughs> He's not fine. Clearly. You think if he were fine, he would be back wrestling? <laughs> yeah. He found another career. He, Just you, like The Miz? He gets to go hang out with Rosario <laughs> Dawson now. Yes, The Miz. Uh, yeah. Hey, have you been watching Cannonball? No, I haven't. I haven't been I've watching. I've been enjoying them. my life. <laughs> <laughs> How? It's quarantine times. There's nothing on. You have not been watching it's Cannonball? Not nearly. It's not nearly as quarantine as it used to be, number one. And number two, I've got sports back, baby. Real sports. Okay, well, both of our hockey teams got knocked out really fast, so all we mm -hmm. have is cannonball now. Well, I have baseball, and my team is in first place for the first time in a long time. I didn't know that. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah, no, the, the Cody dynamic. And the funny thing is there's nothing stopping them and I, from I, maybe in the future even. There's that whole – was it, you, you brought this up when we were doing – well, somebody brought this up when we were doing a quarantine episode recently. Um, do you remember when Cody was trying to take over the leadership role of Bullet Club? Yeah. He really only, ha he only, really only had Hangman and Marty standing by his side. So it's going to be interesting when Cody comes back to be like, what the fuck happened over here? QT Marshall is the yes man that Cody really needed. <laughs> they really want QT Marshall to get over. I don't see it happening. I think, I think this is going to be one of those things where he's going to get over with me on accident. You think he's the new hangman? Well, it was tonight after they beat the shit out of Dustin, uh, they came in and were like, here's your shit. And then threw QT Marshall over the top row. <laughs> <laughs> mm. um, going back to all out uh, after Luchasaurus and uh, jungle boy against the, the bucks. What was next on this card? Uh, we had the casino battle Royale. Did you have, <sighs> Oh my God. Oh. <laughs> We got to talk about it, right? I feel so bad. I feel so bad for the man. The, the look on your face does not suggest that you feel any sort of guilt. <laughs> I, Matt Seidel's from St. Louis. He was always very pleasant to me at PWG shows. Mm -hmm. He was in one of the best matches I've ever seen live. 
Mm-hmm. Only guy in the match that hadn't been signed yet. And how was his debut on TNT? Ooh. <laughs> well, I guess it wasn't TNT. It was pay-per-view. He came My bad. He came out, gave his, his uh, you know, peace signs. Crowd cheered. I cheered. I text my friend, yay. And then immediately had to text, oh, no. <laughs> Do you think it was? It wasn't really his fault, though, was it? I don't care. I just know that that's not. <laughs> We're talking Matt Seidel here. We, years later, talk about how awful that debut was for Shockmaster. And I'm not going to say that this was that bad, but I mean, it, it gave the same feeling in the pit of your stomach of like, oh, no, if you're if you're a flippy top rope guy, that is not how you want to start in your new company. <laughs> first move. I was sucks. well, at first I was worried that he broke his neck. And then when I realized he was OK, I was a little mad they didn't show that replay a thousand times like they did for <laughs> Titus. Welcome to AEW. And then. <laughs> Look at this dumb piece of shit. <laughs> no, I like Matt Seidel. I don't um, think he's a dumb piece of shit. I I feel very bad for the man. Like, I wanted him to have such a good debut. I was so excited. That was, uh, there were so many emotions in 30 seconds. Oh, yeah, it's Matt Seidel. Oh, wait, he's about to join the match. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> and he never got a second shot to hit that shooting star press. He didn't need one. He doesn't. <laughs> I, I think I texted you. I'm like, I really hope he's not scheduled to win this. Because <laughs> that would be some WWE shit. <laughs> like the guy that they booked to win it just looks fucking horrible in the first 15 seconds. Um, did you have any predictions going into this? Like who was going to win the Battle Royal? Um, I was kind of hoping Eddie Kingston. I just... I, in my heart, I wanted to see him get a title shot against Moxley, but uh, I, I don't think I would have guessed Archer. I I could I I would have said Archer, and I knew that they they just finished that uh, Brian Cage Moxley feud. So I will say I will credit uh, AEW. This is going to sound a little hypocritical, but I got I just finished complaining about how they would like bring in talent. And then immediately give them a title match. And then when they were done, they kind of get shuffled, shuffled aside. But one thing that we've talked about before, I love that with AEW, they don't do the WWE formula. You get a title match. And when you don't win, like that feud's over. Like there's not the, the, the three month formula where you have the match, the rematch, and then the, the rubber match. You get so, one fucking um, go at it and you get the fuck to the back of the line. <laughs> And that's what happened to Matt Seidel in that battle royal. <laughs> <laughs> you, you get one chance at that move. No, nope, you're done. He's hit that move so many times. Why didn't it work that time, Derek? This is the biggest stage he's ever been on. Was it? He's been in but, WWE. Uh, what was I don't this? know, man. Was he, was, was he in a match at a pay-per-view for WWE? He had to have been, right? I don't know. I don't know either. You're you're his number one fan. <laughs> <laughs> I was a fan of Matt Seidel. I know nothing about what was his name, Evan Bourne. <laughs> uh, 
Um, so speaking of uh, Born, did you check out any of Born Supremacy before uh, before AEW started? No, I didn't. I was eating my dinner. I was too while watching the very end of Born Supremacy. <laughs> You always got to tune in to see the last 10 minutes of the movie that comes on before AEW. That's important to me. What about the first 20 seconds of the movie that they show right after Dynamite? Oh, shit. What was tonight? I missed that. I I don't know, but I know I see the opening credits, and I'm like, this seems like a good time, but I'm out of here. So I'm okay with Lance Archer. I know that... There were a lot of people that were upset that he wasn't the first TNT champion, but I think Cody was the right guy to go with for that. Um, Archer being a fucking monster and punishing Moxley. I don't know, there, it does give off like basically what they just did with Brian Cage, maybe a little bit more violent, but like it's another big guy who wreaks havoc that's about to take on the champion. So, Well, before that, it was, wasn't it Brody Lee? Yeah. So it I'm not like I guess I'm not a huge Lance Archer fan. I'm going to say it. You don't like the Murderhawk monster? I wasn't a huge fan of him when he appeared in in uh New Japan and it he hasn't won me over yet. Especially with Jake the Snake's super dark mustache. Not a fan. Seems fake. It doesn't seem fake. I just know. God, it just made me think of. You saw the documentary, right? The DDP Jake the yeah. Snake documentary, when yeah. he comes out with his hair dyed jet black, and Scott Hall makes fun of him, and then he goes in the garage <laughs> and cries, and he's, "I'm like a goddamn baby bird, man." <laughs> Does he look a little bit like a Guess Who character? Like <laughs> Do they have a snake around their neck? No? Okay. Click. <laughs> Click. <laughs> um, after the Battle Royal, where do we go from there? Uh, then it, let's see, from the Battle Royal, it went to, oh, na- <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, it followed. So basically, we got to watch Matt Seidel fall on his head, and then we immediately watched Matt Hardy fall on his head. It was a bad yeah. night for the Mats. Yeah. And the situation. <laughs> so, what I mean, take me through your emotions with that thing. Were you really like, were? Because I remember watching him hit his head and being like, like he's probably concussed, and they should probably stop the match. But then, like, aren't you kind of depending on on the guy to be like, yeah, I'm fucking concussed. Stop. And no, he didn't say that. I think a lot well, of those, how do you know, I think a lot of those wrestlers want to fight through that shit and be tough guys like a hockey player. Well, that's cool. That is really cool, but you gotta be, you gotta take care of yourself. If you got kids, Mick Foley just wouldn't make it in today's, <laughs> in today's <laughs> wrestling. <laughs> if we have that attitude, maybe, I mean, that's obviously for the better, but I don't know, man. It's just like, I don't know what you do. He was so every fucked time up. Somebody gets re- it makes it weird that they put that stipulation on there too. I mean, like I said, they really wrote themselves into a corner. It's like, well, you can't have him lose. You can work a storyline around that. If he had ended up going out there and retiring tonight, 
that would have been really shitty to just not have him lose that match then. <laughs> I'm just make it official that Sammy Guevara retired Matt Hardy. It's just they, when they threw up the X, I didn't know if I'm like, is this another one of those they know that I know? You mean like all in? Yeah, like all in when they threw up the X. They did it one fucking time and now you can never not think that maybe they're working you. Especially, yeah, like there was no reason for that specific match to need that. So, yeah. yeah. Fuck. I was more fucked up when they were just like, never mind, the match is still going. They have to finish this thing. Yeah. Over there. This is... And then they're like, no, no, it's really, we're done. This, you guys don't have any chemistry. You're going to kill each other. And then when they were making Matt Hardy climb that thing, I was like, he's going to kill himself just climbing this thing. Yeah, no. Um, and it sounds like tonight they're basically ending that because it just wasn't working. <laughs> hey, you go out there and you apologize to the people. You apologize to your family. Fuck, you even apologize to Sammy while you're out there. <laughs> It's not a good look for Sammy either. That f- that feud was cursed from the get go. What? How did? What was the? How was it cursed? Sammy busted Matt Hardy's head open with that chair. There was supposed to be like a a specific chair that he used, and he couldn't find it, so he just grabbed like a loose chair <laughs> and threw it at Matt Hardy, and it bashed him in the fucking head and actually busted him open for real. And then fucking Hardy gave him his fucking receipt and busted him open. And then the shit happened on Saturday at All Out where they fell through the, overshot the table. I mean, we take it for granted. Do you remember that spot a few months ago before the stadium stampede match when Kenny just climbed that, that fucking, uh, the scissor lift lift thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then just, just just without looking did the dive. Hey, not every wrestler has great chemistry. Um, I'm just glad that uh, apparently Matt Hardy's okay. And that's all that matters, right? You can't kill Matt Hardy. You can't. I mean, you can. That's why they should have stopped the match. (laughs) We don't want somebody dying in this promotion that we love so much. Um, the next one after this is maybe if I could have cut one thing from the show, I might have. Which was what? The... Natural Nightmares versus the Dark Order thing. I had fun with this match. You liked that one? I did. I think I was still fucked up from Hardy. I thought I wasn't going to like it, and maybe that's what helped it. Like, I was really thinking against it, and I thought, like, this would be on the kickoff show if this was in WWE. Like, this doesn't need to be on the main main show. Um, But I ended up having a good time with it, especially um, watching... uh, First of all, actually, this is a perfect example of what the fuck I'm talking about. There's a lot of stuff to, to talk about within the, the confines of this match. Colt Cabana, on the surface, does not belong with the Dark Order on any level. As a character, it's just a weird fit, but I get what they're going for, which is like the idea that even Colt Cabana can be lured by the temptations of the Dark Order and the sex cult. Um. But even like with the arrival of Brody Lee, members <laughs> that used to be primary characters for Dark Order are now background characters. And then there's background characters to the background characters of Dark Order. Like, there's a lot of layers in that fucking faction. Two, 
it was nice to see uh like Dustin get a win, right? That's that's like after doing a lot of jobs and shit. So that's that's fun. But at the same time, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. I could not give a single fuck that Zack Ryder is an AEW. I don't think he's officially signed, is he? That's what they keep saying on the show. He's like, I'm not even an employee. I got nothing to lose. Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> you make him more Raycheon from CKY than... I remember when I was little, I used to eat them Skittles. I hope somebody enjoys that as much as I do. And then why the fuck is Scorpio Sky a member of the Nightmare family? Other than that he's got really sweet fucking ring music now. Did he have beef with the Dark Order earlier that I didn't catch? So it's it's Dusty, it's it's Dustin, QT Marshall, Matt Cardona, and Scorpio Sky, correct? Yes. Well, good job, QT Marshall. You just got the biggest win your career's ever going to have. You need um, to lay off of him. See, I'm working you. See, I'm, I'm making you a QT. I'm making you a QT fan. Let me look up real quick. Does he have a shirt? <laughs> Such a QT. It's probably. <laughs> I picture it's just going to be an apple with a worm coming out of it. That's all. That has probably to be what it is. Stupid. QT Marshall shirt. Nothing. Thank God we have. Nothing on the AEWshop.com? Hell yeah, there's a QT. Apple at $25. Of course. Why wouldn't it be? Oh, this isn't even on. This is on Pro Wrestling Tees. Well, yeah, but that's like the official distributor of AEW merchandise. Well, it's not on the AE, not on shopAEW.com. It's because QT Marshall ain't shit yet. He doesn't get to move up to the main merchandise roster until later. QT Marshall would beat your ass. Probably, but he's not here. You hear that, QT Marshall? Come on the you show, hear that, you, Zach Ryder? you fucking chicken. 50% of that winning team. <laughs> I don't give a shit about. I don't know. Matt Cardona's not catchy to me. Like, I don't care. Like, I don't know. You're just jealous of his action figure collection. I don't think that's true. I caught you. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know. There's just, there's just a, there was a lot in that match. I ended up being fine with it. Really, what it really did was it planted the seeds of, of Brody Lee setting up Colt Cabana for the W, and Cabana trying to go for his finisher, and then getting rolled up by Dust Dustin and losing. I, I like it planted the seeds of there being some dissension within Dark Order, which is playing well now. Um, so I like what it did there. But uh, no, this wasn't your cup of tea. I get it. It just seems like a thrown together mixed tag match. Whatever. Fuck it. You still not on board with Dark Order? Have they won you over at all? The sex cult thing? Yeah. Do you like violence? Are you horny? This is the group for you. <laughs> join Dark Order. And it's just joindarkorder.com on a Titantron. <laughs> um, next match. Hit it, Garrett. FTR Let's, versus Kenny Omega and Adam Hangman Page. Like, was this the point where you and I were texting each other and I was like, this, like things need to start getting good, like, right now? 
I feel bad saying that because the Sheeta Thunder Rosa match was really good. It's true, but I also think we were like, this is not like previous shows that have the word all in them that we've been to. <laughs> <laughs> like, these were a, of slightly higher quality. That's true. It, uh, I think because of those two matches back to back, it did feel. Like it opened with cinematic wrestling, then had a couple matches back to back that were. Eh. Are you and blaming Matt Seidel for that? Well, I'm not blaming him, but I mean he's part of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's funny how just a two second thing can stick in your memory forever. You? Yeah, it is weird how that works. Um, so yeah. Um, what did you think of? FTR versus Hangman and Kenny Omega and the removal of the tag team titles from uh, the ladder. If they were going to drop them to somebody, that makes sense to pass them off to FTR, right? <sighs> Especially when they were going to have a cake celebration the next night. So... Th- <laughs> um, Not every tag team celebrates with a cake. FTR... Tolly Blanchard knows what to do. He gets you a fucking cake and you party. And you apparently hand out cans of what the fuck was it to everybody at ringside? It was just it. It was just beer. Yeah, I think was it, it just, just, just what, like Homer Simpson, like on like just beer like that. Yeah, because I think they even said something, or I want to say Jr. said something when they had beers the other night, where he's like, "Well, I don't care for that." <laughs> He was so used to watching Stone Cold all those years have Bush non-alcoholic Coors Light. It is weird that in that show to just show a, a you know a TV beer rather than a real beer. Yeah, it does make it a little more TV. It stands out a little bit more. You're like, eh, just doesn't seem bud- real. Just have a Budweiser. I guess this is as good as time I need to bring this up. This is one of those things where. It makes sense for so many reasons to put those titles on FTR. And yet there's part of me in the back of my head that still thinks back to that tag match at Revolution. And part of me also sits there and thinks about how unexpectedly good that Hangman Kinney tag team thing was. Um, And it just... Oh, it feels this goes back to me blaming the fucking pandemic just ruined wrestling it feels like things may have played out a lot differently if they had been able to do the shows in front of a live crowd i feel like there was a bit like the the hangman kenny story would have played out a little bit quicker maybe um it just feels like it like i mean may, not that it's the story is over clearly there's more stuff that's about to happen uh, i don't know i don't know like it, I, I FTR came to AEW within the last couple months and, and their tag team champions. And I'm sure that helps drive the point home that the bucks never won the tag titles to this point. I don't know. I don't hate it, but at the same time, it's like, fuck man, like that, that that's over that story that they were building. I mean, I guess the story's not over, but their tag title reign is over. We'll see if they follow up with it. Good. Happy boys are gone. They're broken. Yeah, to, They're an Eddie Kingston faction at this point. Yes. Remember at Stadium Stampede when they were sharing a drink in the uh, in the bar? That was cute. 
It was cute. It was adorable. Well, that's over. Those days are long gone, my friend. I should have savored them while we had them. Um, so they lose the tag titles to FTR. They tease, and it, and it's partly because a misplaced V trigger nails a uh, hangman in the fucking face, right? Or oh the yeah, back of the head. I think it was the back the of the face. Who gives a shit? He fucking nailed it him was with the it. head. He hit him in yeah, the head. Fuck. And then fucking they lose. Um, and then Kenny's about to lose his fucking mind, and. This is playing out beautifully, so I, I really don't want to make it seem like I'm complaining about how the, the title reign ended too much. But Kenny being the one that's frustrated at the end of this makes so much sense. And Hangman being a little bit of a sympathetic, sympathetic character at the end of all this makes so much sense since he's been dealing with some alcoholism. It's just coming together so very nicely. Um, We'll see where it goes, but... This this slow burn heel turn for the Bucks and Kenny that's all coming at once is is going to be so fucking awesome in like a matter of months when Kenny takes the title from Moxley and the Bucks take the tag titles and they just have like the elite are, are fucking full fledged assholes on their own show that they're named that's named after them. <laughs> Will they get to be the elite still? I think so. They should be the ones to get to keep it, right? I mean, Hangman's thing, but here's, not taking here, it. Well, this is the, this is the other amazing thing. So they've already, if you think about it, long term booking, um, it makes so much sense if Kenny turns heel to be the one to take the title from Moxley, right? Like you're you're with me there. Yeah. Eventually, the Bucks are gonna have to take the tag titles. Eventually, so like, I mean, maybe they they'll hold them all at the same time. Maybe they won't. But the point the point I'm getting to, Garrett, is that there's a high probability that this story arc with Hangman and Kenny is going to involve Kenny taking the title from Moxley, holding it for a while, and Hangman winning it from Kenny. Kenny, I like that. Yeah, right. Are you writing over there yet? I should be. <laughs> WWE stopped accepting my applications every year. So. <laughs> Tony Khan, though, he's giving out contracts to everybody who shows up at his doorstep. So you actually go there to a, you apply to be a wrestler. You leave QT Marshall's manager. <laughs> you get to be QT's mouthpiece. I would get QT over in two weeks. I think Speak we can. Out it? No. I think we can <laughs> look what we did to jizz. That's true. Did he ever cash in that briefcase? I think he and, and, and Otis are sharing it. And by Otis, I, I don't, I don't even know the guy's other name anymore. It's been so Tucker. long. Tucker. It's Tucker and jizz officially. No. Right. No. It's Otis and Tucker. Oh, it's good guy. Otis. Jizz always has the, uh, not just the, the money in the bank briefcase, but he's got Mandy now. And what do you think is more important, Garrett? Well, ask she's not a prize. She's not a prize to be won, Derek. That's sexist. You ask Dark right? Order what's most most important. They're like, <laughs> coming. 
while wearing a mask. <laughs> it's Halloween. Um, so yeah, no, I mean, I would say that, uh, by, by, uh, oh God, what are the paper, what, what pay-per-views does AEW have? They've got all out, they've got full gear, double or nothing and revolution and they've revolution. I'm betting you by, I'm betting you by all out next year hangman's taking the title off Kenny. I'll take that bet. I'm betting. What are we betting? Take that bet. A couple boxes of claws. That's a pretty steep bet. I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) Keyword being buy all out next year. I think that story is going to play. I don't think they're going to wait a full. Because I was going to say full gear is the next pay-per-view. I don't think it's going to be all the way until that one. But I, I would say by next fall. Anyways. Yeah. New tag team champions, FTR. Do you think that they're working well in AEW? I think so. You think so? I mean, I've... you like having Tully with them? Like how he just dropped Sean Spears, essentially? <laughs> <laughs> Did he drop Sean? Or does he just got multiple that... guys? I, I, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, if you're dating a girl, but she's hanging out with her guy friend more than you, is she really dating you? Yes. Okay. What are you saying? She's not dating me, Derek? I'm saying that Tolly is more committed to FTR than he is to Sean Spears right now. And Sean Spears is another one of those fellows that you've forgotten about that is now lost in the shuffle. Wasn't he in the Battle Royal? Ooh. That's a pretty big spot. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> yeah, ask Matt Seidel how, how big that spot is for your career. Oh. You need to lay off a of Matt Seidel. And QT Marshall. And QT Marshall. You need to lay off my boys, my faction. And and Mandy Rose. <laughs> I'm trying to... Th- who, who else is in my faction of QT Marshall and <laughs> Matt Seidel? Uh, people <laughs> that you just refuse to give up on? <laughs> so it's us and Kevin Smith. <laughs> Um, so after they drop the titles, what, what match is next? Is that the uh, Mimosa Mayhem? That was Mimosa Mayhem. Oh, my goodness. I had so much fun with this. See, I was ready to see a WWE like kind of shitty match I wasn't looking forward to. I mean, it was still a gimmicky match, but I... I no, it ended up being wonderful. It was just fun. I don't think... <laughs> I just, there's part of me, there's still the part of me, like, I'm a huge pro wrestling fan, but I I also, there's the the technical part of me that just goes, the logistics of them putting in so much effort to having two vats of orange liquid on each side of it, like, how, like, that was sitting backstage, and then they had to wheel those out, and then, like, attach them to the ring, basically to do, like, four spots where they teased going into it. Like that was, I mean, it was fucking awesome the way it worked. It's just, I just laugh knowing like to make that thing work took a lot of effort. Did you see, did you see the picture that Jericho uh, put on Instagram 
No. He he's the one that came up with the idea for it and he drew it on a piece of paper what it should look like and I guess he gave it like 7 weeks ago and it just now finally happened. Well, it it went extremely well. It, I don't know it looked like orange high C and that's all I kept tasting in my mouth the entire time <laughs> I would see those was McDonald's orange high C. Um the match was so much fun though. Um, I was so disappointed by the second Jericho Orange Cassidy match. Um, I'm trying to remember what I, the second one was. It on TV? It was on Dynamite, and I just Jericho can say that they didn't botch some shit, but it looks like it looked like Orange Cassidy didn't know how to do a dragon screw leg takedown, and he did like several of those. At the end where he just like grabbed Jericho's leg and then like fell to the mat and then Jericho fell with him, but it didn't like, there was no torque to it. And then the match ended when, um, Cassidy did like that linchpin pin thing combination and rolled Jericho up and beat him that way. It was just, it was just anticlimactic and it really didn't establish much. And it looked like a botch whether it was or not. It looked like a, huh? I guess that's the end. I thought the Mimosa Mayhem match was a lot of fun. I thought it made up for that. Um, After the Jericho Cassidy stuff, is Orange Cassidy officially like a top tier star now on the show? Yes. Yeah. And and what's interesting about this is one of the questions I submitted for our, uh, our PTI segment that we did with uh, uh, the curtain jerks. I had submitted, do you think that somebody like Orange Cassidy or Luchasaurus could ever be AEW world champion? According to Tony Khan, the TNT executives are fucking in love with Orange Cassidy. That's insane. It is what it is. I think one of the things that I sent to you when we were watching that match, I was like, is it wild to think that a year ago at All Out, the lights went out? And best friends got rescued by Orange Cassidy, but making his <laughs> AEW debut. And we had just seen him the night before in basically a, a beat up gymnasium. Fighting Gangrel. Yeah, fighting Gangrel and losing. It's and then a year later he's in a major feud with Chris Jericho. It's gonna go down as one of Jericho's major feuds from his career. Is it really you really think up. so? It, it I do. I think it's gonna be a top five one people talk about. Who else is going to be in that top five? I just want to know the company that Orange Cassidy's keeping right now. Uh, his stuff with like The Rock, um, his matches that he used to have with like uh, Jericho, um, obviously his feud with Kevin Owens, uh, his feud with Edge. So he's I, he's in I there think- with some names. Yes, he's in there with some names. I think it's I, I, and I get that it's it's not WWE, but it's also. I mean, I guess you could argue Jericho's rivalry that he had with Goldberg is another one that is like kind of, but, but I mean, it's one that's going to get brought up. I mean, it's relevant. Jericho really committed the, this whole summer to getting orange Cassidy to the main event. So who do you think, uh, orange Cassidy fights next? Who's his next big feud with? I don't know. I mean, and that's, that's the thing is that like, I, I go, I just got done saying like, I could, I could totally see them at some point going for that if he can keep the moment. Like, Jericho wasn't going to spend the whole summer getting Orange Cassidy to a main event level if he didn't see a future in it. 
You know what I mean? Like if it was, if it was, I mean, I, I mean, I guess Jericho is also the kind of guy that if he thinks something's fun, he'll do it. But I don't know, man. Like, wouldn't it be funny to see Orange Cassidy take the TNT title from Brody Lee? <laughs> Like, yeah, you're right. It doesn't have to be the AEW title, but if it were even just, or do you think they'll ever do a six man title? That's possible. I could see the. I mean, it seems like th- I will say that that's one thing that has actually been pretty consistent in AEW since day one is they've had on paper a lot of three man groups, whether it's SCU or whether it's Jurassic Express or whether it's the Bucks and Kenny, or whether it's Best Friends and Orange Cassidy, there's a lot of three-man teams available if they want to go that route. Death Triangle? Um, <laughs> Pac's going to eventually be revealed as another member. Which you were the one that brought up to me the other day. You're like, what the fuck ever happened to Death Triangle? And tonight, yeah. Eddie Kingston even said, he's like, where's your other guy from across the seas? <laughs> Well, me and Eddie Kingston are on the same page. What the fuck? <laughs> Don't act like I didn't see that promo bit where you guys were being creepy and shit. I remember you guys were a thing for two weeks. Would you say the main event was the best match on the show? The main event was the best pure wrestling match on the show, yes. I uh, For all of the right reasons. I underestimate MJF. Almost every time, I think. I would love you to elaborate on that because I, I still, I feel like we touched on it with when we did one of our quarantine episodes, but I, I remember feeling so let down at Revolution by his match with Cody. Did you go back and watch that? And should I like revisit that and give it another chance? See, I think because of that match, I had my hope set, you know, set so high. And we've seen MJF wrestle a bunch of matches on the Indies, but it was always him on the mic that blew us away. It was never yes. what was going on in the ring. So when I see him going up against Moxley, I don't immediately get that. I didn't have that excited feeling because I never even considered that MJF could win. And when I finally got this match, I'm seeing a competitive back and forth match where MJF could have actually won that match and it would have made sense. For sure. And that's the mark of a really good wrestling match is when, but, but I also think that there's actually just really good natural, like pro wrestling chemistry between Moxley and, and MJF for, for reasons that have been in pro wrestling forever, which is just that like Moxley's like this, what what's this character's name from uh fucking Oliver and Company the Disney one the the dog I don't know why I'm making this comparison but Moxley's a fucking mutt right like that's his whole thing is he's just kind of a scrappy like whatever fucking I'm still know. just shocked you pulled Oliver and Company out as the movie <laughs> <laughs> He's a street dog he's a mutt he's he's a dirty son of a bitch he's mean He's vicious. And MJF is, is like the classic heel. He's a snobby, stuck up little shithead who's so pretentious because he's like, I'm the wrestler and you're the fucking stone cold cosplayer or whatever the fucking promo was. Um, and that's just, I mean, that's a classic pro wrestling story is this the heel telling the baby face that you don't fucking belong here. 
And I just thought that they told a really good fucking story. And you're 100% right. That match, watching it, it could have gone either way. They did such a good job of telling. That's a perfect example. If, if somebody were to ask you, what do you mean when you say that pro wrestling matches tell stories? Show them that match. Because the whole theme of that match was as long as the match stays in the ring, MJF has the advantage because he's the wrestler. And if the match turns into a fight on the outside, Moxley has the advantage because he's a brawler. And they stuck to that down to when you really, you legitimately felt Moxley was in trouble when they did the whole, Oh, he popped his shoulder out of his socket and, and like he's fucked. Like you legitimately, it was so the way they teased, Every time he would grab and go for the uh, the paradigm shift, you were like, F- "Like fuck, it's about he's it's about to he's gonna lose the title over getting frustrated and using his finisher when he's not allowed to." They did such a good job with that. And uh, honestly, the finish was probably my favorite finish of the night because of the ring. Oh, or the, because of the the, uh, the ring followed by the paradigm shift. And just MJF having that look on his face, like, oh fuck, <laughs> like, like he, tra- like he knew the ref's back was turned, and he was trying to cheat, but the way he was trying to cheat didn't work, and then he was just kind of hung out to dry. I mean, it, yeah, and we- and 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 Moxley didn't Moxley give like a little shrug and be like, oh fuck it, like like if the ref doesn't see it, it's it's fair game. It's we've never had the pleasure of seeing Maxwell with a title. And I feel like he would be such a fun piece of shit to hold on to that thing. I'm excited for the, and that's the, that's the other thing. I just sat here and booked you a year's worth of the world title being taken from Moxley over to Kenny over to Hangman. But I like, like you said, I could have seen him walking out with that title. I don't know if I want to wait that long. I want to see an MJF fucking title run. Oh, then get him versus jungle boy. There's so much title good match. stuff they could do with MJF as champion. Um, but I don't know. I don't know where they go from here. Is is apparently so? All out. Give me your thoughts on the show as a whole. We'll transition from that to Dynamite this week. Uh rough, rough start. Full on picked up towards the end though, and really like I'd say the last three matches kind of made up for anything that happened before it. Yeah. Nothing to complain about it as a whole. Um, and thank you for letting, for letting me watch along with you. That was the thing I was not planning to do 30 minutes before the show. And then you were like, Hey, log in, enjoy with me. And I did. Um, I liked it. Uh, man, let me ask you this question. Would you have rather been in attendance for this one or last year's? Probably still last year's. For the historic purposes or, or for the matches? Do you like what what stands out to you about last year your last year's show that you were glad you were there for? Well, fuck. Now <laughs> I was getting ready to say, well, Orange Cassidy's debut. Then there was the ladder match, mm-hmm. which at the time I I didn't love, but have rewatched since, and I was an asshole about that one. 
Uh, I remember you and Queen of the Ring being mad at me because I picked that as match of the night, and that ended up being the case. Yeah. What was the main event during that one? Was that Hangman versus Hangman Jericho for the first to declare the first ever AEW World Champion? Yeah, I, I'm glad I was there for that. Yeah. That means yeah, because we got to be there for the first champ and the second champ. That's true. And, and and it's weird when you stop and think about it. Like, it's been a year. All out a year ago, they established the world title. They've had two champions, Jericho and Moxley. They kind of split that time evenly. Um, And that's why, going back to what we were talking about earlier, when you, I, I don't see them putting the title on Lance Archer. Like, it just seems like if they're going to go this long with a Moxley title run, they're going to make it, a, like, whoever he drops it to, it's going to be a big thing, right? It's going to be, like, one of the guys that they perceived as a star in this company from the get-go, which is, it's got to be Kenny. It's got to be. They just packed, and that was the other thing, they just passed up on MJF. MJF was one of the other guys that I was like, if they were going to take the title off Moxley, that might be the other guy they do it with, just because of the heat. That would have been such a surprise, especially going into the match. I just, I didn't see any chance in hell for MJF. God, that was a fun one. <laughs> you know what I miss, Derek? What's that? I miss Southern Underground Pro. What's the story with Southern Underground Pro? Because I, I last, I mean, obviously pandemic reasons, but uh, you said that just because Basement East got like destroyed, a, what's the story with Basement East? And B, what's the story with Southern Underground Pro? So Basement East, I believe, is rebuilt. I think like... It's officially back. I think it... Well, you know, there's no shows or anything. But I saw a picture of the building. It looked complete. Okay. Uh, as far as Southern Underground Pro goes, they aren't doing any shows during quarantine. But... They did get announced to be part of the collective GCW. Do you remember that? G I was going to go down to Tampa for the collective mm -hmm. thing. Well, they ended up moving it to Indianapolis and they've added on like glory pro shimmer Southern underground pro, uh, Joey Janela's spring break, Effie's big gay brunch. I saw that there's going to be a twink, uh, twink battle Royal or something. <laughs> that sounds delightful. Um, what else? Josh Barnett's blood sport. So they have part of the, the shows back, but, uh, either right. way, Southern underground pro gets to run again, but they're going to do it in Indiana. And when's that? That's coming up next month. I need to look and see, see this thing. I think it's Saturday and that doesn't work for me, but I know warrior wrestling's doing a show this weekend. And there's a bunch of people showing up for that. I'd like to go. I just don't think I'm going to be able to. I still have to go to work on Sunday. And the idea of going to a wrestling show late on Saturday night and then being up at 4.15 sounds miserable. Um, so I doubt it. But Zelo Pro is doing a show at Joe's on Weed Street here in a couple of weeks. And uh, I've considered going to that. I think the, they, they, the attendance is like between 50 and 75. It's indoors. It's not outdoors. It's a, it's at a bar, like a big country bar. So they're trying to limit the number. See, and, and it was a little pricey, and that's why I, I've been very hesitant. But I don't know what he's going by now. Aiden English is supposed to be there. No shit. 
for sure. See, that was that's one of the reasons that the collective kind of chased me off because I still had my ticket. I never got a refund on it and you could transfer it over to go to the Indianapolis one. But right. I found out it's all indoors mm. and that kind of freaked me out a little bit. Not ready for that. I don't think I'm quite ready for that, even though I have returned to the movie theater. That's different. Like you, like you said, you're going to movies and you're the only one in there. It's a hundred percent true. I've had private screenings of nearly every movie I've gone to. I think the thing I told you, and I don't want this to be like my advice to anyone listening to this podcast, but I said, <laughs> I don't. But I, but I, you know, fuck it, might as well be because I, I stand by it. I, I said to you, if you've gone to the grocery store to get anything. That's probably far more risky than you going to a fucking movie. I agree with that. Like, without question. Um, now, somebody's going to argue that going to a movie isn't a necessity, and I would say that's true. However, still, the, the drastic drop in odds of something going wrong at the fucking movie theater by yourself, or even if there were two or three other people there, like, you can actually social distance in a movie theater. It's fucking big. You'll be fine. What the the hardest part has been like at grocery stores, people still use the main aisle to get to places that that's by the registers, and so they have like you can social distance in line as you're waiting to to buy whatever you're getting at the store, but people are weaving in and out in between the people that are social distancing, which almost negates doing that at all. Where am I supposed to so, go, Derek? You're you're supposed to do the best you can, Garrett. You can go wherever you want, man. We're <laughs> how many months into this fucking thing? Like, uh, uh, yeah. So I, what did you what did you what did you take away from Dynamite tonight? Because um, there was a lot of big stuff that happened. Miro. Yeah. So Rusev is officially a part of AEW. They kept that secret from us. You didn't? Um, did you hear a leak or a rumor about that? Nothing. Nothing at all. That was a complete surprise for me. Good on them. Uh, my roommate, Chris, you'll appreciate that. He said, I should have taken a picture of him when he made his debut. And, and I should have used the picture with the caption. You listen to Kanye one time. And, and then the picture of him. <laughs> <laughs> he was dressing like Kanye. Uh, fucking bleach. How hair. do you feel that uh, he debuted with Kip Sabian? Do you think, if anything, it works in Kip Sabian's favor? Yes, because everyone's excited about... I mean, as The thing is, everybody knows that he's still with, with Lana, right? Yeah. But there's still the part of you from a wrestling storyline perspective that, that's kind of like... I kind of hope Miro beats up Kip Sabian and steals his girlfriend. Because <laughs> that would make... Because that would make for a really fun story from my perspective right now is Miro just showing up with that WWE money and taking Penelope Ford. He he likes blondes. He likes blondes and he gets... And there's the other thing, Ty Conchi. Uh, she officially signed an AEW contract. I think she's actually really going to help that women's division. I think that's a really another solid uh, performer for them. I'm not super familiar with her, so th this might have been my first time seeing her. I think I first watched her, um, maybe it was one during the, the, uh, the May Young Classic. They had that tournament. 
in uh, NXT. Okay. And I and I, I think I watched her in that, and be, I remember being really impressed. So, I, and I think she, I don't know. I think she'll get um, a nice run in AEW. Uh, what else? The the Bucks fucking <laughs> officially committing to the we're heels. Fuck you. We super kick the announcers now. Ten thousand dollar fine. That's nothing. That's like a week's worth of merchandise sales for them. That's yeah. That's not even. Uh, you know they they wrote that new book. They're number one on Barnes and Noble. They'll be okay. They'll be fine. They can kick Keep anyone they want. It's like back in WCW when they banned the jackknife powerbomb from Kevin Nash and Hogan was like, hey, keep doing it. I'm rich. <laughs> I'll pay those fines, Kevin. Is that real? Um, they banned. That was a real story. That was a storyline yeah. or. Uh... It was a storyline. So the story was that uh, I can't remember what pay-per-view it was, but they had uh, Kevin Nash tried to jackknife powerbomb the giant. And he ended up almost breaking his neck because he picked him up and the weight of the giant is just too much. And he dropped him on the back of his neck. And so J.J. Dillon and WCW banned Kevin Nash and said if he uses it, they're going to fine him and possibly criminally prosecute him. And I guess Hogan was like, ah, I'm I'm Hulk Hogan. I've got a lot of money. Keep doing it. It's funny to me. That was a story in pro wrestling history brought to you by your local uh, pro wrestling fan, me. Man, this felt good to to be back. You're not going to elaborate more on that cake party that FDR threw? <laughs> oh, fuck yeah, that cake party? Everybody got a piece. No one went through the cake. That might be Did the first else... cake in wrestling history that no one fell into it. That's true. It was just legitimately served up, along with beer. Pro- yeah, that's... yeah. I mean, I've definitely had beer and cake before, but... It's not my favorite. <laughs> Sounds gross. I think I've had it too, but just like saying it out loud. Uh, did you notice that uh, one of the FTR guys got his hand busted open and was bleeding? Like, what, yeah, what happened? He rolled out of the ring and trying to avoid the cake. It seems like a dangerous worker. They might want to get those titles off them pretty quickly. <laughs> did anybody <laughs> check in on him? Did they stop that segment? He no. seems accident prone. <laughs> um the, the no like i said earlier the kenny omega one-on-one with with jim ross was really good and has me looking forward to whatever dickish singles career kenny's about to have i also thought the hangman interview with shivani was good um because again now hangman's a sympathetic character with an alcohol problem so i'm excited for uh santana and ortiz versus best friends next week that may be the best feud in aew right now we didn't really talk about it a whole lot but they've done such a good job of blending like actual like rivalry shit but comedy because they just keep going back to the fact that trent's mom's minivan got fucked up and there has been no retribution for that (laughs) like santana and ortiz have been true dicks um and they have not got their comeuppance. I want that so shirt I, so bad, Derek. Um, so I'll tell you this. I took off. I'm using some uh, vacation time from work in about a month. And so tonight when they made the announcement that, like, I think, I can't remember what the, it's in the middle of October, October 14th or whatever. They're doing the, the Lance Archer, John Moxley match on Dynamite. 
I'm looking forward to that. That's kind of cool. And and this is what's so different from WWE, who has a pay-per-view. What the fuck happened, like, three weeks ago? They did SummerSlam, and then, like, the next Sunday, they had another pay-per-view. Oh, Payback. Yeah, literally the yes. next Sunday. Like, what the fuck? Like, there's a quarantine. You can literally schedule this shit whenever you want. You have the network. But they were like, nah, let's give them another one. <laughs> so... <laughs> everything's going so well right now just throw some more shit at the wall but what i was gonna say about aew it's so cool because their pay-per-views are spaced out they have the occasional really big dynamite where there's a title match that you can't miss because it's a big fucking show um and i'm already looking forward to a dynamite that's a month away so are you looking forward to any raws a month or two from now i saw clips of uh, Kevin Owens facing uh, Aleister Black on Raw Underground Monday, and it looked cool as shit. <laughs> but I didn't watch Raw. Did okay, so yeah, I've I'm completely off WWE. I don't know what's going on over there. I did I see though that Roman Reigns is a heel with Paul Heyman. Roman Reigns. See, this is the glorious thing about social media. I don't have to waste three hours of my time watching a show. I can just go to WWE's feed and scroll for 30 seconds and I'm caught up. I know everything that happened. I got all the highlights. Maybe you guys need to rethink your business model and stop giving everything away for free. Um, actually, if they didn't, I don't know if anybody would care. Like it's too, that's too much effort for what you're giving out. Um, but yes, Roman Reigns came back. Uh, Bray Wyatt <laughs> won the title from Braun Strowman. And then Roman Reigns is like, I got a contract for my title rematch for the Universal Championship. And he cashes it in. He's got Paul Heyman. Now he's the champ. Now they're just doing, like, they're turning Roman Reigns into the Yankees. Like, they're just like, fuck it. That's how you view him. He's a, he's a dick. And Paul Heyman's with him. So now you're extra upset. Uh, he's the new Lesnar. Be angry. Um, So, yes, Roman Reigns is finally a heel when it's, like, three years too late. So, once again... That theme continues. Turn him heel. We hear you. <laughs> the, the fucking delayed the problem, reaction from the, the writer's room. Well, the problem is we give them ideas and then they have to write it down at the end. And they've got to get through everything before they can get to it. It's it's a very long process Vince has to go through when he hears suggestions from fans. He's got to run it by the stockholders. He's got to run it by his kids. He's got to see if Paul likes it or hates it. And then if Paul hates it, he definitely wants to go with it. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, Roman Reigns is a heel and he's the champ over on SmackDown. It sounds like SmackDown's been doing some decent stuff lately. Um, they've got like a, a dual title situation where you remember how Sami Zayn was the Intercontinental Champion and then they like basically stripped him of the title because he didn't want to wrestle during the pandemic. Well, now he's back, and um, I can't remember who's actually the Intercontinental Champion, but Sami's got a title too, so now there's two Intercontinental Championships over there. <laughs> um, and they're, they're doing the whole, I'm the real champion. No, I'm the real champion thing. Um, so it sounds like SmackDown's doing some okay things, but I'm not tuning in. It's Friday night, man. Like, I got shit to do. I got shit I got to do. It's a pandemic. Um, I got to stay at home and not watch SmackDown. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. This has been fun, Garrett. I missed this. 
Do you do you think we shook off any of the ring rust yet? I think we have. And this was fun doing it face to face for the first time too. Are we going to be back next week? If you want to. I think we should. What right. if what if well, I watch SmackDown? <laughs> you're f- you're free to watch as much SmackDown as you want, man. <laughs> well, we can finally uh man, I'm just happy to be back. I'm ready to talk some gcw there was a paper we're so late into this we're not going to do it this time but there was a gcw show over the weekend and there's a tag team i'm very excited about well we'll talk about that and other things next week on predetermined a pro wrestling hangout hit our goddamn music